0: Have you ever scrambled with thoughts on how you were going to entertain your guest at your big event or a big event that you were hosting? Why not treat your amazing guest with live music? Allow me to personally recommend to you a saxophonist that's guaranteed to bring his best every time he performs. Verl Tolbert is his name. His bilingual, language his enthusiasm, his smile will tell you his story. Verl played out my wedding and he was also a guest on this podcast Episode number four. A natural entertainer and talented musician, Verl T the perfect choice for all events and special occasions. Playing smooth jazz, R and B, Neo Soul, Blues, pop, and Gospel music are his passion. Saxophonist Verl Tolbert is from Tulsa, Oklahoma and has been playing saxophone for over fifteen years. Verl T plays alto, soprano saxophone, electric wind instrument, also known as the Ewi with a heavy dose of soul. Allow Viral T to help make your event something super special. For booking information, navigate to com. That's Verl, spelled V-E-A-R-L, the letter T, dot com. Could you imagine the excitement of playing Division I football or playing the NFL? How about playing Division I football at the University of Oklahoma and the NFL? We often hear about the recruitment process. I wanted to know about it as well. But more importantly, I wanted to know about what are you doing now? What are you doing with your life? How do you enjoy life? A few weeks ago, I had the privilege and the honor to sit and share a coffee with Rufus Alexander. He played football at OU. He played the NFL. We talked for about two and a half hours and probably five minutes total was about football. The rest of it was about just his life. What's he doing now? How are his wife? How are his daughters doing? There are a few setbacks that Rufus went through he talks about in the podcast. How he views his life. What are some of his habits? There's a sport in there that you probably didn't realize that he really, really enjoys probably more than football. Rufus, I really do hope one day you decide to go into coaching. I feel like you'd be an extremely great coach and mentor to our youth. Thank you so much for your time, brother man, and boomer sooner. <laughs> welcome back to The Defining Moments Podcast, everyone. My name is Wong Lam, and today's special guest is Rufus Alexander. Rufus, welcome to the podcast, brother oh, thank man. Thanks for having me, man. Absolutely. A few, probably a few months ago, I've actually followed you for a very long time from your days of playing football at OU and the NFL, and then recently really followed you on Twitter, and I really enjoy your banter with people back and forth on Twitter, your opinions, et cetera. Before we dive into your collegiate career, NFL career, and more importantly, just you, my first question is, how are you doing today?
1: I'm doing good, man. Yeah. It's- out here enjoying the day, just another day just to be alive and enjoy the world. I mean, yeah. Enjoy my kids, enjoy the wife, everything. Absolutely. How long have you been married? Oh man, it's going to be a year now, I'm going on uh, early on in this, in my marriage little thing here. I mean, we've been together for a while. So, yeah. It's yeah. Been the whole marriage thing for a year.
0: You actually baked a, a cake recently for her,
1: right? Yeah, yeah. She wanted this white almond cake, I guess, or whatever. So, Um, I went about doing it. I did a chocolate cake actually from scratch, uh, for her, for her birthday, um, was kind of one of the first thing I did. And then she wanted a white almond one. So it was all pretty good. Yeah. Not too bad. It's not hard to do it from scratch. So,
0: and I was impressed that I showed my wife these
1: tweets and then she's like,
0: man, they have a really nice kitchen.
1: (laughs) (laughs) It had nothing to do with me. (laughs) Even though I do a lot of the cooking, it had nothing to do with me. That's all her. (laughs) Yeah, <laughs> That's her doing man. what she wants and stuff. Right on. So you you
0: played collegiate football at the University of Oklahoma. Yeah. And how was that recruiting
1: process like for you? Um, you know, it was a it was a fun process. I mean, as a as a young kid coming from Louisiana, coming from a poor neighborhood in Louisiana, getting a get on a private jet. I mean, now you, back then you can do a private jet. So, you know, I went to the university of Texas. They come with the private jet, got the Longhorn on the tip and all that <laughs> stuff. And you fly out, uh, have a lady on there, give you your drinks or whatever you need I'm I mean, on a jet, you know, yeah. so it's pretty cool. Uh, same thing going to Oklahoma. We, they have the private jet come in, has the OU on the back. Everything's in crimson and cream and it's a cool little jet. You get in there, you, you stop, you pick up two other guys, you know, and just stuff like that. Um, uh, I went to uh, a trip to LSU, which uh, is right around the corner, so I didn't get to do anything yeah. too crazy. Just drive down the street. <laughs> um, I went to an Ole Miss trip as well with my best friend from um, high school. We went to Ole Miss together uh, and did a trip there. But just to kind of move around and see different places and stuff, mm-hmm. um, it was fun. Um, you get to go eat at the best places. I mean, for a guy like, like I said, you come from a poor neighborhood, right? You get in, a, you get in a, a restaurant. It's like, all right, I don't want steak. I want <laughs> shrimp. I want lobster. You know, so you got, you're ordering all this stuff that you really don't know um, a lot about, and how, or how to eat steak or whatever. I mean, I didn't eat very much steak growing up, so I mean, uh, how do you want your steak? Well done. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so you know, I'm like, I'm over there. Killing the whole cow. I'm re- like I'm re-killing the cow or whatever, you know. So it can't kill the shouldn't kill the cow twice. Yeah. Uh, but I mean, as a young kid, you know, you all you see on TV is, you know, steak and shrimp, steak and lobster type yeah. stuff, you know. Um, I love seafood coming from Louisiana. So the lobster part wasn't the the hard part. I mean, learning how to eat steak and stuff was a little different. Yeah. As I kinda Got older, my palate got a little bit better. Mm-hmm. Uh guys have been around some other guys that were well-to-do men it was like, hey man, you just need to kind of start taking your steak down a little bit. Trying to get to the medium-ish <laughs> kind of part of the steak, uh, where you have some pink in the middle, yeah. and then you can get where you can, you know, fix your palate a little bit. So that was a cool <laughs> part about recruiting, man. I, I I mean, you got to meet a lot of different guys, you know, just you know, I got to meet all the Mannings, Peyton Manning, Eli Manning, Archie Manning. Um, wow! so all at one place at Ole Miss, that was really cool. Um, uh, you know, going to LSU and just going on trips with guys that end up being future NFL guys is mm-hmm. really cool as well. Mm-hmm. Um, that was something special to be around. Um, I mean, the whole recruiting thing was just, awesome uh I went to Knoxville to Tennessee wow uh and did a trip there uh it's when Philip Philip Farmer was the coach yeah, that's and that's right. when they were really kind of rolling yeah I saw big John Henderson just before he became you know who he was at at Jacksonville and mm-hmm. I saw him at Tennessee and he was a massive human being and just yeah. you know saw some of the guys that end up playing in the league and stuff that was really cool as well
0: that is cool because I think University of Tennessee had just won a national
1: championship maybe a couple 3 years before mm-hmm. you were recruited there actually. Yeah, right? I saw T Martin. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I saw T Martin play. Uh I, I went to I was at the LSU game when LSU beat Tennessee for the first time in a long time wow. at home and they tore down the stadium pole. I mean they <laughs> tore they tore down the pole, the goal pole and all that stuff. People rushed the field. It was absolute pandemonium uh in Tigerland. i mean it it was awesome to be in dead valley for that you know it was yeah. really cool i mean dead valley is a really cool stadium to be yeah. into if you ever have if you ever want to do a bucket list of going to college stadiums lsu is a good one to go to yeah. i mean it's always a night game i mean there's always something to drink always something to eat <laughs> <laughs> i mean people hand you a bowl of jambalaya walking down the street or something That's It's awesome. just always really cool so i've always um, appreciated LSU campus yeah. for that. Just a raw, I think, for having a raw college atmosphere. Mm-hmm. I think they, they have one of the best. And yeah. I, and I think that's something that's my bucket list thing to do when I'm, you know, when I kind of the kids are kind of off and everything is to yeah. just kind of tour around and go and get an RV and just go to different college towns and just that's awesome, man. Just you know, just take in college atmosphere. I mean, not even really go to the game, just the tailgating. Yeah. You should uh, get on ESPN
0: College Game Day and Mm -hmm. join their crew. I've heard you on the radio, so you're really good on the radio, too, not to go off on that tangent. We touched touch that on in a little bit. However, I
1: think that'd be really cool. Yeah. If you did that. But I didn't want to like, you know, I don't want to do it like with ESPN. I really want to like dive into it. I mean, yeah. Um, there's some guys that talk on other radio and other podcasts and stuff, and mm-hmm. they talk about they go, guy said he picks a game every year and he Ooh. goes to it and stuff. And yeah, he said he really enjoys the college atmosphere. And it's just just every tailgate gives you something a little bit different. Yeah, you know. Um, I've been at a ton of different stadiums of doing radio stuff with OU, mm-hmm. um, and they've all been fun. All of them been unique places to go to. I mean, I got the I had the opportunity to go into Columbus and seeing how Ohio State does it. it's, yeah. it's really fun. Uh, been like I said, I was a, I went to Tennessee before that. You know, when I played, I went to uh, Eugene, Oregon, and play against wow. Oregon. And they have a small stadium, but it's so loud. I mean, it was there's just so many different things that goes with college football and it's a little bit different than nfl yeah. nfl was just weird yeah you know and i did the nfl kind of thing it was mm-hmm. just a little different it wasn't like the college atmosphere it's just so many people have so much feel like every a lot of stuff is invested in the in the college football
0: mm-hmm. yeah especially emotions
1: yeah 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 emotions is a is a it, i mean and that's the the fas- the the passion of the fans and the crazies of the fan but yeah. i think I mean, slowly but surely, they're trying to get it to a business kind of thing. Like you're yeah. trying to always talk about paying athletes. And I yeah. think You once you start paying athletes, I think you're gonna draw a lot of fans away from it. I think it it just becomes a whole business. Well, we pay you. You just you know whatever. Mm-hmm. So I mean, I mean, you see how they are, how they is in the NFL and the yeah. NBA. Yeah. Well, you go out there and play, shut up and play, and all this and that mm-hmm. stuff. So.
0: Yeah, that's a really solid point because they're talking about maybe trying to pay
1: collegiate athletes. That's a hard one, man. Yeah. I mean, what do you do for women's sports? I mean, how do you do? I mean, there's so many sports that are in there, and a lot of people invest a lot of time. Mm-hmm. Um, they invest a lot of time as far as going to school and managing, juggling school and juggling their athletic, athletics as well. Same yeah. as the football players. Football players don't just do it all by them. They don't. They're not the only ones that's out there doing that. Right. Um, I mean, you got the gymnasts. She. They put in a lot of stuff, and, it's, mm-hmm. and they're. Bodies change over time as well, and you got to do all this other stuff. Softball, I mean, OU softball team is the, one of the most exciting things. Yeah, people uh, sports to watch. I mean, OU yeah. gymnastics, gymnasts. I mean, those oh, guys man. put in, put up just crazy. They win championships all the time. Yeah. So how do you how do you go about paying everybody because right. it, sh- it has to be an equal footing? Uh, I think just because football makes so much money, I mean, it just doesn't. Mm-hmm. It's not a. It's not a. It's a hard comparison because. Yeah. You have the stadium and all that stuff, and you fit in so many people. Right. Um, but what about the other small schools that can't do it? You mm-hmm. know, that doesn't have the the great other sports and stuff. So, yeah. You know, do they continue to stay fall behind? Yeah. I mean, you know, it's just kind of yeah. it's kind of weird. I mean, how do you who you go by paying? Yeah. Like what college do you go by paying? Right. Where do you start? And where do you end? Yeah. I, yeah. I mean. All right, well, I'm just going to pay the Alabama kids, you know, right. just the, the SEC kids are the only the Big 12 kids. So it's going to be like a mad exodus for everybody to get to the big colleges mm-hmm. to get paid. Yeah. I mean, what if, like, whenever Baylor of old, right? Yeah. The Baylor of old probably had more OU fans that were in their stadium than there were Baylor fans in the, in the stadium. Right. How the heck are you going yeah. to have fun with That's those true. players? That's I mean, this is tough. I mean, if you think about it, you have to really think and really break it down of like, but what about the bad teams that are in conferences? Yeah. How do you go about paying those kids? How do you, how does that university take that hit? Mm-hmm. And does you want to give up some of their money so they're allowed to pay their kids so you can pay your kid? You know? It's right. Just, it kind of goes like a big trickle down effect. Yeah.
0: No, it's, I, I don't have a solution so I'm glad I'm
1: not involved in that Yeah, <laughs> That's why, that's why I say to always fail. Yeah. That's why you can't go by paying athletes. Oh, well, they make a billion dollars. I'm like, but yeah, you make a billion dollars, but you can't just do it for one sport.
0: That's true. That's very true. Going back to your recruiting visit at OU, what was there a moment that you're like, hey, this is where I'm going to play my collegiate football?
1: Oh man, that's a bad, you see that story right there? That's, a, that's an odd story because out of my recruiting trips, OU was the the worst trip I went on. It was. It was. I mean, I mean, people know I've said this story a bu- a few yeah. times. Um, yeah. I came here, and when I left here, I came here on a private jet. I left on in a van because it had a tornado warning in Oklahoma, so I couldn't <laughs> fly to Oklahoma. Had to drive into Dallas and catch a flight out of Dallas to get back to Louisiana. And I'm in there, I'm like, man, a tornado. I mean, what's a tornado? I'll get through a hurricane. You know, I'm like (laughs) oblivious to it. I'm like, why you can't fly because there's a hurricane? I mean, because there's a tornado, whatever. I'm like naive to it. So we get in the car, everybody's like, it's a big thing or whatever. Um, Drive, get to Dallas. Flight was delayed and, you know, got home. It's like almost midnight. Um, but on my trip, um, I came around uh, Thanksgiving time, so all the students were gone home. Every Like, all the students that were on campus were gone. Everybody went home for Thanksgiving yeah. holidays. Right. And they were getting prepared to play Arkansas. I think they just lost to OSU uh, on a catch by Rashad Woods in the back of the end zone, which was kind of odd. But what's crazy <laughs> is, I remember, the week before that, the, when they played against OSU, I'm rooting for OSU to win because – I was going to Texas, you know. I, that's where I was going to go. I was headed to Texas. Well, in that week of me visiting Texas, and before the they played OSU, that next week I got a call from Coach Venables yeah. to get a, to come on a visit at the last minute. So I did t- telling the recruiting thing. So in like two weeks, I went from a visit to Texas, almost about to head to Texas, to taking a visit at OU, and then ended up changing my mind and coming to OU. Wow! But when I came here, like, it was just me and the football players. We went to a house, you know, it was just us chilling with the guys. <laughs> Everywhere else I went, I, I went, like, I went out. Texas, yeah. I was out on six, whatever you call it, 6th Street, yep. whatever it is. Yep. Went out, had a good time, had went eat and all that stuff. And, I mean, I came here, I think we went to eat at Outback. <laughs> <laughs> we ate at, I think we ate at Outback over by, over there by the movie theater, by Hollywood. Yeah. We ate at the Outback over in there. Norman, yeah. In Norman. Yeah. And then we ate at Coaches. Was the other place I ate at when I came on (laughs) recruiting trip. So, mind you, mind you, my recruiting trip from here, from Texas, was like at this high dollar, high end steak place. It was like, whoa, this is awesome. The food here is unbelievable. That's why I had my lobster and steak, you know, surf and turf. I mean, I had I mean, I ate my butt off, (laughs) right? And so then I come here, and it was just a, a totally different night and day situation. I mean, I got to go to Mac Brown's house, and it's off on Lake Travis, up on this hill, Dang. and just see all of his like cowhide everywhere. I'm like, whoa. And yeah. <laughs> you know, everybody's like, it was really cool. But yeah, my decision in coming to Oklahoma was, you know, a lot of what I based my life on, you know, as well of how I am as a person was uh, all about truth. You know, mm-hmm. if um, if Texas was true, would would have been more honest in their approach towards me, I would have probably gone there instead of coming here. Yeah. Um. But there wasn't very honest. I mean, they wasn't honest with me. I mean, when I sat there and talked to Mac Brown and I mean, he, he sold the University of Texas very well. I mean, yeah. very charismatic guy talks really well, um, really cool guy. Um, but me as a person, I always kind of, I mean, you didn't have, and especially now that you have cell phones, you can ro- kind of really look up rosters and stuff just like that and yeah. drop of a hat. But with following Texas, I was like looking at, you know, derek Johnson was starting. He mm-hmm. was a true freshman at the time. And he telling me, oh man, you're going to start as a freshman and all this and that stuff. I've never played linebacker a day in my life. I mean, I mean, I was in high school. My my hand was in the ground. I played defensive end. I played at a small school, so I was a faster, quicker guy. So, yeah. and probably as taller, as big as most guys on my team, um, as far as being on the defensive inside of everything. So, I've never played the position of linebacker. So to tell me I'm gonna start as a freshman and all this and that stuff was kind of like, yeah, I don't know about all that. <laughs> you know, I'm 185 pounds. He's looking at this Derrick Johnson guy. I'm walking. I'm walking in. <laughs> And I'm a defensive guy. Derek Johnson's like two times, ten times bigger than I am, you know. And then Roy Williams is their wide receiver, and he's yeah. like two hundred five, two ten. And I'm looking at him. I'm like 180 pounds. Like, <laughs> Who are you gonna tell me I'm gonna start as a freshman? I mean, yeah, I, I, mean, I, I mean, I'm not dumb. I mean, I love the sound of it, but you could be more forth. I mean, like I said, you could, he could have been more forthcoming and just being yeah. honest. Like, hey, you're probably gonna redshirt, but and that's what I got when I came to OU they told me, you know, man, um, bar, barring you doing anything special, you're probably going to red shirt whenever you come. Mm-hmm. In. And I was like, mm-hmm. I mean, I understand that, you know, I mean, that's honest, shooting straight from the hip. You know, I, I didn't consider myself as some five star. You can't tell me nothing athlete either, though. I mean, I was, I'm coming in the understanding, getting the college to really kind of learn. And, grasp the game of football because I only yeah. played football with my sophomore year and senior year. So I only yeah. played two years of football. So I really wow. didn't have a really good grasp of football either. Yeah. Um, I get to like, and then, you know, Coach Venable's first day off the, right off the plane, get here, we're in the film room. <laughs> and he was like, all right, what's this call? I'm like, <laughs> This dude, a uh, guy, a roommate, uh, my roommate, Wayne Chambers, in here answering every question, and I'm looking at this dude like, what the hell is "This guy, <laughs> <laughs> like, is he like a, <laughs> like he's been playing college football already? Like, how you know all these answers already?" So, coming, Wayne had committed already a long time ago, okay. so he already had the playbook. I had just got the playbook in the mail, but I've had so many different teams send me media guides, playbook. I mean, I have boxes upon boxes of just yeah. from every college you can think of, of playbooks, media guides, all this and that stuff. So they all sit in my corner at my house. I'm just like looking at that stuff. am like, dude, I have no way looking at any of this. And he's in here answering questions. I'm like, who the hell is this guy? Is that a coach? <laughs> and then, But Wayne Chambers is like every bit of 235 to every bit of 235 pounds. So, you know, mm-hmm. I'm saying I'm like, You know, and Coach Venables was really passionate about, you know, talking to me about just the game and just like life and just being really into, you know, football. And he was so serious as a coach. Mike Stoops was the same way. Coach Stoops was the same way. Um, Then they all come to my like they came to my house, talked to my family. So they're Texas figured they had it all locked up. Because they didn't even do an in-home visit. No, you was the only one that did an in-home visit, mm. and that kind of we set that kind of played a role in it a little bit. But just the whole conversation with Coach Venable's man and and Mike, and it, they were so honest and genuine. Yeah, and there you can tell their passion was there and how they felt about football and how they coached. Yeah, I mean, they came in with the whole look. This is a, this university ain't for the faint of heart now. He said, I'm going to recruit every year to replace you. If you can't handle that, this probably ain't the place for you. He, he said, um, he told me he had, Rocky had won the buckets. Yeah. Teddy had just came off of winning the yeah. Uh He said he got a guy coming in from California. He got That was Lance Mitchell. And he said, you got a few other guys that's here, um, guys that you can compete with as well. Um, you know, we got guys that's been here for a little bit that may not meet well, they are not meeting my expectations, so you got a chance to come in here and do something. It's all in what you do with your opportunity. Wow. And that was it. You know, I was like, got back home. My high school coach said, all right, so how was the trip? I said, worst trip of all of them. Just like I'm telling you. Yeah, he, was like, yeah. he was like, well, that's scratch Oklahoma off. We got in the car, and he said, I guess that scratch Oklahoma off. I was like, no, I think that's where I'm going to go. Threw my bags in the back of the car, and then we got in the car. And we rode in silence for like five or ten minutes, and he was like, I missed something I was like no nah. I mean I think they were just really honest man and they they coached me the same way that you coach me and I, I just I think I fit in there and that's the man. honest answer that they I mean like really was the honesty that really got me there wow um it had nothing to do with um I mean the x's and o's and you wanted to play and stuff but it was the honesty, and I mean, they didn't sugarcoat anything. Mm-hmm. I mean, they were like, "We're gonna coach you hard. I'm gonna recruit every year to replace you." Yeah, you know, I, I mean, I'm I'm gonna coach the hell out of. I mean, Coach Venables is like as intense as I'll get. I'm gonna coach the hell out of you. You know, I mean, if you don't want to compete here, I mean, this ain't the place for you. And it's just like <laughs> it's like a matter of fact. Like it's almost like running you off to, but like yeah. pulling you back in. So yeah. it was kind of an intense, an intense push pull, and. Mm-hmm. He, I mean, Coach Venables, as far as the coaches go, he he told that line of you know recruiting you with passion, but also like telling you, hey, I'm I'm a no nonsense coach. You're not coming here and think I'm gonna just be nice to you. Yeah. And I mean, you know, he was cool, fun, always joking around on the recruiting trip, and then my first practice here, <laughs> dude laid into me, and I was like, whoa. Who that- who the hell is this guy? Why is he yelling at me? I thought we were cool. You know, we all buddy buddy and stuff, high fiving, you know, dabbing up and everything. And then, first practice, I did something wrong. Dude, cussed me up and down. And I'm just thinking, I'm about this big, and like I'm, I'm the big, I'm the biggest dummy in the world because I don't know what to do mm-hmm. in a cover two drop but who I have to carry. I'm like, yeah. dude, I don't know. Yeah the son of a, beep, bee, bee, bee. <laughs> I'm like, oh, okay. All right. And that's kind of what's my introduction to college. But wow, Oklahoma was, I knew nothing about Oklahoma and everything I learned about Oklahoma came from Coach Stoops and just other kids and other people being around the fans. Mm-hmm. Well, Coach Stoops did a really good job of is he played the Salmon Brothers and showing the tradition of Oklahoma. Yeah. Um, he showed the Joe Washington film showing the great player like uh Joe Washington that, that played here. Mm-hmm. Um, he showed Barry Switzer stuff, you know, just showing what type of coach he was and the legacy and what we were what we were playing for mm-hmm. and what this university was made up of and all the tradition and everything. I mean my family who my high school coach and they were they're big college football fans. Yeah. Been that way for a long time. So when they said the University of Oklahoma is recruiting, they're like, my stepmom was like, oh, no way. The University, the University of Oklahoma. <laughs> and I'm sitting there like, yeah, some venables guys that left a message on the phone. And my high school coach was like, Babe, it's Oklahoma. It's the Oklahoma. <laughs> He's he like, the university's like, and I'm sitting there like oblivious to the whole entire thing. Yeah. And she's like, no way. Oh my God! And just so, I didn't know how much of a big deal Oklahoma was mm-hmm. until I came here and put the jersey on. So yeah. my my feel of it is so unique from a lot of other people who usually who really dove into college football and then, uh, the post that other people who don't really. I was on the other side. I'm I'm new to college football and mm-hmm. I just kind of dove into it at the. At the back end of it, yeah. So I really wasn't a big follower of all teams. So I really right. didn't know much. Uh, my high school uh, teacher, you know, coach, he was a huge Michigan fan. <laughs> so he would play the Michigan fight song in yeah. every game every day. Um, you know, had him and his uh, best friend, they were a big Michigan fan. My high school coach was a my um, head coach, who I ended up living with. He was a huge Alabama fan. So wow. I ended up going to a bunch of Alabama games, and that's where I wanted to go to Alabama. And I had I could have gone to Alabama, but I had to commit my junior year because they was in all kind of NCAA trouble. Mm-hmm. So, therefore, I didn't go to Alabama. He told me not to go to Alabama. Right. He told me to keep everything open. And so I knew nothing about Texas until Texas started recruiting me. Yeah, LSU, I just went to all the games because they were free to go to. <laughs> I never wanted to go to LSU. <laughs> it was all free to go to, so I went to the LSU games. <laughs> So, oh, so yeah, that was kind of more of. I mean, that's just kind of my. That was my college understanding. So, as a young kid, I never really mm-hmm. understood a lot about the Oklahoma tradition. And then I got here, like I said, fell in love with the place, fell in love with Oklahoma, the fans. And yeah. Now I stay here. My family comes visit me all the time. That's awesome. You just, I just love the tradition that's here.
0: Yeah, yeah, I love that. Coach Venable said he's going to recruit every year to replace you. Yeah.
1: I don't think he changed that. I mean, out of all, and plus, out of all these schools that recruited me, right? Yeah. They all like send you packets of stuff. Just, I mean, just like letters, like they give you cards that's made out of football hide, all kinds of stuff, right? Wow. I mean, Mac Brown sent a, uh, every card Mac Brown sent, he wrote, he wrote it in burnt orange ink and signed it in burnt orange orange (laughs) ink. Um, same thing with uh Schneider. I mean, uh with Coach Schneider and K-State. Yeah, everything came out purple. He sent with a purple wink Um, Franchoni at um was it AM? At AM. Yeah. And he would sign with a Aggie Maroon pen or mm-hmm. whatever. So I have like a bunch of stuff, you know, that just has all that stuff. And LSU did it with the Tiger Purple, and sometimes they did one with the gold and all that stuff. Yeah. So that was saving over there, but Right. Everybody had their unique thing. OU didn't really have a mail. Like, they would send you cards. They would send you the old school letters, like, letters, this is our championships and all this and that <laughs> stuff. Like, it's like you can print it off of a computer and it come out. <laughs> and you just had the color ink and then fold it and send it in, like a regular folder with OU on the top of it. It's kind of like, oh, okay, this is in <laughs> Oklahoma. <laughs> I I still have the card, the only card that I got from from Coach Venables. I still have it. it oh, yeah. I mean, it was like a Hallmark card. <laughs> I mean, it's like it has like a little saying on it and you have like a Bible verse in it and it has like a like you know like a water dripping in something and yeah. it has like the little like a purified thing <laughs> dude, it was. I'm like <laughs> hmm all right. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, coach. That's a, little di- that's a little different. I mean, but it's when I committed, he sent me. But it was very personal, very uh, it's genuine. It's, yeah. you know, it's sincere. You know it's sincere because it's a car that he had to go out and purchase or whatever. Right. Or they had to purchase those cards, and individually they had to get it out to you. So that's pretty cool. And it changed. Right. So yeah. all that changed in the end. When I came here, I think my high school coach gave them a lot of my stuff, where I got from other schools and all that stuff, and they were like, "Oh, okay." And so they stepped their game up from then. But, <laughs> no, nah, it was a little, it was rough though. It was rough there for a little bit. <laughs> oh
0: man, that's so awesome for I, you to share that stuff.
1: Yeah, I, like I'm, t- I go back through my boxes of letters and stuff, yeah. and I've looked at them. and I'm like, man, how many. And the OU stuff I got. I mean, they're just regular just Big Twelve champions, national champion, too. I mean, it wasn't a lot of stuff. The yeah. coolest thing I got from OU was the media guy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's good stuff, man. What what's the transition
0: like when you played collegiately? I mean, big time, all these awards, and then you transition yourself into the NFL. I think it's a sixth round or seventh round. Sixth yeah, round? sixth
1: round. Um, I mean which you have to realize, I mean, once you leave from college, I mean, college now so has become more of a business. I think whenever I was, we were there in the beginning, I mean, mm-hmm. it was more family-oriented. I mean, I think it's still that way now to a sense, but yeah. kids have a business understanding yeah. whenever they get into college. You right. know, I think uh, I'm not a huge fan of Brian Bosworth, but Brian Bosworth understood that too. He, when he came into college, I think he was ahead of his time as far as promoting himself you know mm-hmm. just had the hair had the yeah. boss shirt all this and that stuff things that he capitalizes on now yeah i think you see kids coming now with more of a business sense of things and have the instagram and all that stuff i mean you look at the basketball kids some of those guys coming out with having clothing lines and stuff before they get in the hot good into college yeah because if they make it big in college and they're a big star in college now you have a clothing line that you can capitalize off of while Mm -hmm. you're in college designing stuff. Mm -hmm. I mean, if that's my job and I'm a creator, I mean, why can't I just create stuff and sell it? Right. Yeah. Uh, that like for me, if I was now, if I understood now, you know, the way everybody has this understanding of designing and being about yourself and branding yourself and you, I would have did a whole thing with this whole Rue thing, you know, that, that I had better stayed behind me. And you could, my family could have sold the shirts and I could have been a part of the designing and all that stuff. And then Mm -hmm. my family could have, you know, kind of done it. And I've just kind of bridge off of it and stuff like that. But that was so my mindset wasn't that I wasn't thinking like that. And these kids now coming into college, a lot of them have that mindset already. They thinking Mm -hmm. like that, they thinking business wise because of just how easy it is to, to be accessible to people. Yeah. I could get on Instagram, I can have ten thousand followers like this, Twitter and have a thousand. I mean, you can have all that stuff and it's all at the tip of your hands. And you can put yeah. something up there, my shirt with my stuff on it. your mm-hmm. family can sell it. You can retweet it or whatever. Yeah. And and people go online and they can find it and buy it. Yeah. That's the cool thing. And there's so many ways of putting your stuff out there. You can vis- Vista print. You can get all whatever kinds of stuff that can right. just get your, your name out there. And that's The difference between, I think, now players and players back then is -hmm. is just the the thought of players or not understanding business is a little bit different than it was whenever I came into playing football. Yeah,
0: wow. And then you played in the NFL for a few years, and what what was the mentality? What was your, I guess, your coach's mentality like?
1: Was they compared to Coach Venables at all? Uh, No, not really. Uh, I mean – I knew, like, a lot of stuff they were teaching me in Minnesota, I already knew. Um, yeah. I mean, Coach Jenimals had me well taught up. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, I, I understood a lot of a lot of the concepts, things they were doing whenever he went to going to Minnesota, even when I went to Indianapolis. It was right. all a cover two, four-man front type of stuff. So the the transition of it wasn't really that hard. It's understanding the business side of it. That's right. Yeah. yeah, I mean, yeah. so, you know, college, like I said, these kids that are coming in now, once they get to the NFL, they're pretty, like, polished up as far yeah. as wanting to be a brand and business themselves and stuff um you you was kind of learning that branding stuff kind of started coming in towards the end of my hot my college career yeah and now kids are coming in with that branding right in the college Already, yeah and then they go in the nfl understanding it as a business i'm coming in to get this money. i mean they're walking in like the passionate i love the game but i want to make money first and mm-hmm. it's you know, I and mean, the thinking back whenever, you know, we were playing, it was like, oh, I love this game and I can right. make money, I can make money playing it. And now it's kind of, I love the game, but I need to be taken care of business wise before, yeah. you know. So it's kind of a good mix. And I think mm-hmm. the kids that are coming and doing it now are a lot smarter. Yeah. Um, and like I said, it's it just uh, the whole thing about whenever I got into playing the NFL game, it was just more understanding the business side of it and just kind of being mentally ready to understand that well that guy makes 20 million dollars and you make six hundred thousand dollars. they they're gonna play the 20 million dollars and he has more opportunity Mm -hmm. than you have because they made a bigger investment into him right so that's a that's a weird thing about that's that's the hard thing about college and from going from college to the nfl i think for me was seeing guys play and like man i can I you get in practice and you can see you do things better than that person and you can watch it on film that you do things better than that person. But yeah. watching a person that's a coach, like, push this guy up because he has to mm. and tell him, well, hey, man, that was really good right there, you know, and kind of really just downplay what you do. Oh, that was pretty good. That's not bad. You know, you do a little bit, little bit more better on your technique right here. And yeah. then the other guy, oh, I mean, that's winning football right here. Just kind of really – you're kind of looking at it like, um, all right. yeah. <laughs> it's nothing that you can say, though. I right. mean, you just kind of see it. I mean, there's other guys that played that will tell you the same thing. It's almost – NFL's almost like you don't want to go too hard. You want to bide your time and wait for somebody to get hurt, but you want to show spurts of, I'm good. Right. I can play this game. And then when you get your opportunity, you shine. Yeah. But you can't – if you go hard all the time and you mess around and get hurt, then boom, you're done. Right? Yeah, that's and true. And that's what I did. I tore my ACL. Done but you yeah. always it's like almost kind of like you have to pace yourself i don't know it's, it's weird it's a yeah. weird thing to kind of grasp and stuff after you know yeah. going through college and everything in high school is all about go 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 earn your way get to the top and if you want to be good you got to beat out this guy mm-hmm. you have to work hard and all this and that stuff and then when you get there you just kind of like hey you have to wait just in case this guy gets hurt you got to be ready to go but if that guy doesn't get hurt, you're going to have to still kind of wait right here yeah. and, and just kind of stay healthy in a sport that is so violent. Yeah. I mean, I, I mean, it's just a violent sport, and there's nothing that nobody can do about it. Right. I mean, they can try to negotiate all the contact out of it they want, but it's, it's football is just football. It's yeah. A, it's a man hitting another man. It's as fast as you can go, and that person's fast as he can go, and he's throwing his body into you. Mm-hmm. You take enough hit in the knees – if you're a big guy that can run people over, most most guys are going to hit you in the knees. Yeah, I mean, if you're a little guy that can run really fast, most guys are going to take your head off. They can. Mm-hmm. It, it's just it, it's just the nature of the game, and yeah. it sucks. But I mean, you know it when you get into it.
0: Yeah, wow, it. I love watching American football, and it, but you're right, it's violent. It's crazy violent to me, and some of the hits that you guys take or have taken. It's like insane, man. Yeah. <laughs> so, and that's all, I mean, that's how I describe it. It's crazy. Collegiate football, American professional football, and then you got married and now you tra- you're transitioning into your own job and insurance world. And you also work at the franchise.
1: Yeah. How, how's the radio live, man? How do you like that? You know, uh, it's okay. Yeah. Um, I think you have to With the radio stuff you kind of have to tiptoe around stuff tiptoe around feelings and it's hard for me it's kind of hard Mm -hmm. um the way i started off with the franchise I started off with a morning show with steely and those guys and then they added a guy to it well me and this guy's dynamic didn't click at all Mm -hmm. and i'm not one to tiptoe around somebody else's feelings and i mean i don't expect anybody to tiptoe around mine if they feel a certain way well i felt that somebody else's feelings got catered to and mine's didn't mm. and i mean like it's no biggie for me like i said it's just i'm gonna continue to do what i what i continue to do i mean it's not like i'm a you know cry over it or anything like that right i mean whenever they told me well we're gonna decide to go a different route with it i said that's fine okay yeah um went in started focusing on insurance doing my business and stuff mm-hmm. and um i'm just a contributor on the show now yeah um, it's no big deal but like i said I'm not gonna be one to hold my tongue back. Whenever I feel I don't tiptoe tiptoe around anybody else's feelings, I don't t- I don't want them to tiptoe around mine. You say what you feel, you feel what you say, and mm. express yourself. Um, the radio world is is cool. I, I like it. It's fun. You get to talk sports and stuff, and yeah. be you know talk about the old days, all went back in my day and stuff, yeah. and kind of uh, it it allows you to grow with the players. Um, yeah. that are in that's there now grow continue to grow with the game mm-hmm. um, and you see the change um, that happens from whenever you played into what's going on now right and that's the cool that's that's the cool thing about football and that's where I think a lot of people kind of it's where you get a lot of your arguments at in football um, and, and just in sports in general mm-hmm. I think the game is changing basketball as well With that, yeah. the hand checking now you can't Hand check before, now you can't hand check. A foul is you touch somebody, it's a foul. I mean, you used to have the bad boy Pistons, the Michael Jordan taking a bunch of blows and elbows, fights all the time in the NBA. Um, And so now you kind of, they're trying to take it away, and want to take it away, make it a more cleaner game. Uh, fans used to be able to yell and do all this crazy stuff, be as rude as to you as possible. Yeah. And now, you know, you yell at Russell Westbrook boy, and now it's all of a sudden it's a big, huge fiasco mm-hmm. uh, about stuff. And, I mean, it's deservingly so. I mean, they shouldn't talk to him that way. But right. the guys of the past probably had it worse whenever you talk about, mm. you know, it, it, when you go to places like Indiana and stuff like that, yeah, I mean, yeah. Utah. You think Utah's that way now? When you think about where Utah was in the '90s, you know, right. it's just That's true. maybe a whole lot different. You think Michael Jordan didn't have to go through the name calling and stuff after he goes out there dunks on Ostra Tag or <laughs> freaking push Brian Russell by or something like that? I yeah. mean, it's just that it's now everybody's hypersensitive now, mm-hmm. so. Um, that's what I think sports now just kind of really change in how it's approached and how it's, how, it, how people talk about sports now is just is the being in the radio allows you to kind of see the change and you know, you can watch mm. it on TV and kind of notice a change, but I get to discuss it and like other people that yeah. see it. Yeah. Like we can see it and other people don't get to discuss it. Like I, like, you know, I get to do on the radio, but that's the cool part about sports. Yeah. It's the part I love about it. Yeah. You know, just the underdog stories and just, you know, watching um, you know, UNC and Duke play and mm-hmm. then realizing that, you know, watching those guys play and realizing that the team that has the seniors on it, like the Michigan States and those guys, yeah, typically all the teams that typically win it. Right. But you wanna see the Zions and those guys yeah. win it. But man, it's just the radio allows you just to kind of have a personality and put it out there for everybody to see. And um and, you know, once you develop a personality, you can kinda be a different person than you are on the radio yeah um you could have an ultra ego on the on the radio and just be <laughs> a totally different guy whenever they talk to you in public
0: yeah yeah that's interesting man with that being said what's maybe a moment or two from your life so far that uh maybe icon defining moments that helped
1: you get to where you are now or man oof, the defining moment I mean, now I say what my defining moment uh, right now in life was pretty much I mean, getting married was one of my big defining moments because so I came from a broken home. Um, you know, my mom and dad were married earlier on. My dad, you know, went on the drugs and started doing that stuff. And it kind of that was one of my big goals when, when I was growing up, you know, was to have a family and, and be with one person and all that stuff. And it's just. It happened and it was it's cool, but the stresses of being married is just out of this world. Yeah, for sure. Um, You know, my high school coach would tell me about it. You know, and you know, just realizing even been even though it's been a year, it's just it's just hard Mm -hmm. being in a relationship and you know making bill making bills, making sure the kids are taken care of, making just all the stuff that goes into a marriage, making sure you're. You got to be compassionate at one point, but that's going be kind of the stoic man and all that stuff. Yeah. So it's kind of have to, you know, love her, love her feelings and stuff, but also got to take, got to put your feelings on the back burner a lot of times because, right. you know, she's the, I mean, it's just so tough, but man, it just was one of those moments in my life where, you know, I feel that, you know, it, my life has changed. Uh, she's the person I want to be with. And, you know, my daughter is beautiful and she's awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, she challenges and just watching her and get to watch her every day yeah. is unreal. I mean, she is as she has all so many great personalities but she is as mean as all get out and i'm like oh that's me I can <laughs> that's me right there i can see me uh yeah. so that would be like one of my most defining moments here as i've gotten older i'm in my 30s so yeah. i had a birthday was it the twelfth. yeah 12th was my birthday yep. so that was like here in my 30s that was one of those moments where you know man my life is starting to change now it's starting to shape a little bit different mm-hmm. um Before then, um, you know, getting out of football, um, I think my defining moment um, after that was when I actually got let go from the radio station um, whenever I got off the morning show. Hmm. Uh, It was a real defining moment for me because it was kind of like, man... I fell at something where I really didn't think I was failing, you know, or, you know, got let go from something. I really didn't think that I was doing a bad job at doing something. And it was just kind of somebody's personal take of me not being able. Well, you can't, you know, it it just kind of put a bad taste in my mouth. Yeah. And it, it actually kind of. Whenever I started really focusing on insurance, it kind of made me go a little bit harder at doing something else and really focusing in and driving in on doing something else. Yeah. Uh, and it changed me as far as when I get on the radio and be able, and able to talk to people. I mean, um, I have a lot more energy, you know, I, I, and I kind of, I'm a matter of fact of what I say and a little bit more clear in what I say. And um, I don't try to trample on somebody else's feelings to say the least, but yeah. Right. Um, I'm always quick to say, well, I don't mean, I may not, we may not agree on it. I just don't, I just don't agree with your standpoint instead of right. having a, a, bl- a full blown argument with somebody that actually can't take an argument.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, being on the radio with Sam Mays, um, he's really, he's really good at what he does and we can argue. I mean, we can battle and go at each <laughs> other and just fuss and argue and at the end of it, you know, we dab each other up and we go right. out separate ways. Right. Um, I think in being in the radio, you have to learn which people you can do it with and which people you can't. True, and that's something that's kind of helped me out in my marriage, wise. Yeah, because you just you gotta. I mean, my my wife has two kids before me, mm-hmm. uh, and so knowing how to talk to each daughter different and say yeah. things, to, you know, you know, my little daughter, you can be my daughter. I can you be all super sweet because she's young. Mm-hmm. And then you, you got a teenager. You got almost another teenager. You got a preteen, and it's kind of yeah. like. Emotions are all over the place and it's kind of like, well, I got to know her emotions, her emotions, her emotions, hers. Yeah. And it's like, it can overload you and you, you can't, I've, I've been learning, you can't just marry them all together. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> you find you up getting yourself in trouble. So I think <laughs> that that there helped me out in being a better person yeah. and understanding my faults and what I did whenever that happened yeah and why it happened that way because one i'm just i'm stubborn that when it comes to that thing and it, it taught me how to you know rethink stuff a little bit yeah just kind of say well hey you so it's, you, you got to know some the person whenever it's getting on their nerves and they're getting on your nerves and it's not getting anyway anywhere and i've learned that with sam mm-hmm. we can go at it we can we can argue uh, a guy like kobe daniels on the radio yeah we can go at each other and he'll joke and he'll rile you up just to do it yeah um, uh, and, and guys like uh, the guy I got in an argument with uh, that morning show. He's just a more of a sensitive guy, and I can't really go at him. He can, and it's just kind of like just brushing him off would have been the better way to go. Mm-hmm. And I learned, I've learned that that was a good defining moment in my <laughs> life that really kind of helped me carry over to the other stuff and yeah. just kind of you know changed my attitude towards a lot of things. It, it just helped me in a lot of different ways. Yeah,
0: you think of football playing on a like a super highly competitive team sport with coaches you think that's helped you be able to balance marriage work your daughters your
1: family um i mean i think juggling school and football kind of helped me deal kind of manage that yeah i mean the football and the coaching i mean it was always so intense mm-hmm. um because i mean bob stoops i mean his job's on the line if kids don't don't develop, don't play right. I mean, the intensity and in practice is really high up there. I mean, especially if you lose a game.
0: Yeah.
1: I mean, the coaches are really on edge because they want you to get better and they want to figure out why we're doing something wrong. I mean, it kind of helps you with problem solving and stuff as well. Mm-hmm. But I mean, I think coaching and trying to get that into marriage. I mean, man, you 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 learn a little bit of stick to it in this. Or a little hard work into it yeah. but the intensity that come with coaching sometimes not a good thing when it right. comes to marriage because, right right i mean you, you're taught to you know be so just aggressive at everything and mm-hmm. aggressive at problem solving and different things and with you know if you get a, a wife that's not a big sports person she yeah. wouldn't get a lot of it yeah like my wife's not in the sport she's in the <laughs> makeup okay and so <laughs> and so so her being in the makeup i mean when it comes to sports she's not i mean it doesn't my my go forward and push through something is yeah. not her go forward and push through something i'm gotcha. going through it with my head down and gonna power through it yeah hers is oh it may be a little bit hard i mean the fall may be too hard for me me i'm gonna just take the fall <laughs> <laughs> she'll brace herself and i'm gonna go plow, plow right through it I mean, right uh We've had arguments when it came to working out and stuff, um, you know, just because me, and we say, hey, let's work out together. And I'm like, all right, yeah, sure, let's go. Yeah. I mean, I'm in there, I'm on the treadmill, I'm just running, boom, 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 get a yeah. 30 minute full run. And, you know, they're like, she's over there breathing hard. I'm like, all right, let's get this workout in. She's like, <laughs> what? <laughs> I mean, we just ran, you know? <laughs> and so, it, you know, we had, I had to start. I mean, I think the whole college approach is not. The football approach is almost right. It almost kind of was just a, a full on collision course because of how different uh we were wired. I mean, yep. I think athletes a lot of times are wired a lot different than just say like somebody that just regularly works and just do yeah. different things and they just go about doing stuff a different way. And I mean, yeah. like I said it's just football is just a, a tough I just it prepares you for life as far as working hard at a job, stick mm-hmm. to it, stick to it. It and like, you know, just working through stuff and being your work ethic, different things. Yeah. Um, I think it gives you those, those necessary tools to figure out those situations. Yeah. Um, coaches as well, they'll give you advice, but they just, it's not your everyday thing. It's other stuff in life that kind of taught me the other yeah. stuff, but man, yeah. I think coaching, playing football, just taught me the, the, the hard how the hard work pays off yeah. and how to do how to go about working hard setting up plans being having an agenda setting these different things and saying well these are my goals and how to meet them mm-hmm. and how to quantify you know how to understand well i'm if i'm doing all this and this goal is met this is what i need to do to make this goal work and so i could put more effort into doing this to get this result yeah and understanding what gets that result but i need to get so if i need to get these type of sales the same thing that i've done here probably don't get the results i need over here and learning how to branch off to get the necessary uh, success you need in each category that you want to have success in and that's i think what football has taught me um you know as far as say i need to get faster you know do this type of weight training. I need to get stronger. I need to do this to get that goal. I'm mm-hmm. not gonna do speed to get strong. I'm yeah. gonna do this to get speed, and I'm gonna do this to get strong. So sense. it kind of taught me how to get those different goals and learn how to put goals in different areas and yeah. how to attain them. Yeah, um, it is one of those things I think really successful people know how to attain different goals at the same time because mm-hmm. they all they all require a different part of your brain to work.
0: Yeah, that's true, man. That's true. Thinking back to our conversation, you you mentioned basketball quite a bit. It seems like you know quite a bit about basketball.
1: Yeah, man. You know, as coming up in high school, I mean, I was I was pretty good. I mean, I ain't gonna say I was really good. I thought I was decent. Yeah. Um, uh, got a scholarship to go. I mean, the coach from Clemson asked if I wanted to come and play over there. So they offered me a scholarship to play there. Play at Liberty, different other little schools. Mm-hmm. Um, but my thing wasn't um I love foot, I love basketball because I was just a huge Michael Jordan fan. Yeah. Um, I was a Michael Jordan fan. I was a Chris Weber fan. Yeah. Uh, you know, so the whole ball head thing kind of came Michael Jordan, Chris Weber. I had a Chris Weber jersey <laughs> growing yeah. up. Yeah. Which was really, you know, it was cool. Um, but I mean, I played the game because I started playing the game because of those guys. Mm-hmm. Um, I started um Doing a, a few, um, started playing AAU. Mm-hmm. Um, I was gonna play basketball in the fifth grade. Broke my leg, so I couldn't do that. Yeah. So I had a cast all the way up to oh, wow. my my dang waist. It was so hot. I, it was heavy as all get out. So I had like three, two or three weeks out of school. Oh man. Yeah, I had to sit in a bed with my foot up until <laughs> I get strength to you know carry that thing around school. Um, but I went into playing basketball my when i was in the sixth grade okay uh played on it. uh played high school was did really good i was mean you know scored by <laughs> i think but junior i when was that? Is that elementary or junior high it was elementary isn't
0: it? Sixth, sixth grade, grade? yeah nah, i don't even know uh, it's been a while for me yeah teams. but elementary <laughs> so
1: i mean i i mean i put up 25 30 points a game when i was in elementary school i mean it was like I was just a kid that always wow. stayed outside. So, you know, I understood how to do the drop step, all that stuff. And nobody really had to teach me. Uh, only thing I couldn't do was dribble, you know? Mm-hmm. So I would get in a post. <laughs> I could dribble one time and put it up. And I was right. just, uh, I worked outside a lot. So, I mean, I'm, my great aunt lived in the country. So I would cut, would cut trees, you know, mm-hmm. cut down, cut logs for the old stove we used to have. Cause they had the old fashioned stove. She had one of those old, country houses, yeah. so it had the old stove where you had to put wood in, wow. so I'd be out there with an axe, just cutting down, cutting wood all the time and stuff, and never realize, you know, you're doing all that stuff Yeah, uh, you know, you had to feed the cows grab buckets of water buckets of food and all that stuff, so you know I was stronger than anybody would think, mm-hmm. so I mean, i get that I'd score a bunch of points and stuff, and then a guy came up and said, hey, you want to play on our AAU team? Play on the AAU team um, did decent um, the guy that we that I played for my first year he ended up stealing the team's money, oh, so you know then some like whenever my mom she was she worked at uh Martin mills it was fruit of the loom and um she um uh, we would put i would make po'boys, I'd stay up at night and she'd make pullboy sandwiches mm-hmm. and she would sell them at work for two dollars Wow, and that's how I raised the money so I could play to go on my trips to play a a u yeah so we play i played and then they had a hurricane warning in Cocoa beach florida because mm-hmm. was playing nationals in Cocoa beach florida and we left and he never gave the money back to the we came back we went to the beach and we left early mm-hmm. never gave any of the parents or players none of their money back and um that year my mom said well you're not gonna ever play for that guy again so i played my seventh grade year of basketball got a little bit better uh dunk I dunked the first time at the end of my seventh grade. Dang. Year. Yeah. Wow. In the last game of my seventh grade year, dunked the ball. And then uh this guy named James Ricks actually uh invited me to come and play on their team. We had yeah. a tryout and I came off the bench for him. Uh so I played my seventh, eighth and ninth grade year with I mean I mean the rest of the time mm-hmm. with him and man with kick butt and stuff. And then by the end of my eighth grade year uh, me and his son Ross became really good friends, mm-hmm. uh, and he was at a private school. So whenever we played in that private school, I end up guess how I end up going to the private school. Oh,
0: uh, okay. Because of basketball,
1: so the whole football thing kind of came all the way in the end. It was all because of basketball that I'm even playing football. Oh, I see. So basketball was like my thing, man. I'm telling you, I was, the only way because my older brother and my little brother all got in trouble and all my friends where i stay at got in a lot of trouble mm-hmm. and we had a bunch of really good basketball players on our team but i mean they were all smoking doing all kinds of crazy stuff mm-hmm. but the summers as soon as basketball season ended for high school or uh, for school we started in Aau in the summers i was gone mm-hmm. mostly every weekend or whenever summer came i was going every weekend almost throughout the week and I'd practice during the day, so I never really had time to, you know, do all the other stuff. And we, as far as AAU practice goes, what well, is different here in Oklahoma, we practiced five days a week and we were there on time. I mean, it was get it, get up and go. I mean, we run in stadiums, all this and that stuff. And we, wow. it was, it was the most, it was fun. But the cool thing about it was it allowed me to go to different places. i allowed mm-hmm. me to go to Arkansas, Vegas, Houston, and all kinds of places and mm-hmm. just play basketball and see different places. Because where yeah. I was from, it's not like you're going to just get up in a car and go drive to Arkansas, drive to Mississippi, drive to Vegas, drive to – you know, it's just those things. You got, I got to travel right, without – you know, without having the means to travel, mm-hmm. um, stayed in hotels and got to swim and do all that other stuff that I, you know, wouldn't have the means to do yeah. regularly because of just the situation that I grew up in. So basketball really is what saved my life. Mm-hmm. I think, um, when you come back to thinking about, I, mean, I go back and really think about it because none of it would have been possible if I w- didn't really believe in myself as a basketball player
0: Yeah, uh,
1: and just kind of changed as I got older.
0: Wow. So basketball saved your life, and yeah, transitioning to football late.
1: Yeah, I, mean, I, started, wow. I started playing football my sophomore year. Whenever, like I said, I went into when I got into the private school. with yeah. My best friend, uh, my high school coach, told me, "Hey, <laughs> if you're gonna play basketball, you're gonna play football." And then whenever you're transferring into a private school, you have to sit out a year and mm. and, and see the and LHSAA, whatever high school, whatever. So I sat out my freshman year. Play and played basketball on the JV team, and then my senior year, he was like, "Well, I'm the basketball coach." I was like, "All right." And he's like, "Well, you got to play football." It's like, "Man, I don't play football." Yeah. He was like, "If you're gonna play basketball, you're gonna play football." It's like, "Man, it's too hot outside to play basketball." (laughs) He was like, "Well, look, son." I was like, "All right, well, I'll give this football thing a go." Yeah. So you know, I dress up, man. Get on my cleats and my pads. I didn't even have cleats. I came out there in some Jordans, <laughs> <laughs> some red and black Jordans, and went out there and played my first practice with no cleats on. Wow. Yeah, then I get some cleats, and then it was the rest was history. You know, um, I go out, I play, and did really well at the defensive end part. He's like, hey, I was like, what position do you play? It's like, never played. He's like, you never played football? Nope. Even catching the yard. I played catch in the yard. I said last time I played catch, I broke my leg. So I didn't play catch I didn't play yard football anymore after that. Yeah, it's fifth grade. Yeah. <laughs> and he's like, oh, okay. He's like, well, I'm gonna put you at defensive end. Just put your hand in the dirt and go. I was like, go do what? <laughs> <laughs> he said, he says, <laughs> he said, son, he's like, all right. He say, see this guy right here? You don't let him touch. You, you see that ball right there with this height, go get the person that he hand the ball off to. Or that or that has the ball in their hand. Yeah. I, all right. <laughs> and I hit uh the guy, I think he was like a junior or a senior. I think he was a senior. His name was Brad Douglas. And this kid that was playing tight end, I think he's played tight end for just, I mean he's been playing football for forever. His name was uh Ryan O'Brien um and he played defensive end. So we were battling for the same position. Yeah. So, you know, I've never played football before, you know, get down in my stands and they hike the ball and it was, I mean, put a hand on him and I hit Brad, boom. And he's like, in my house coach like, whoa, yeah, that's what I'm talking <laughs> about. Let's go. Yeah. So I'm like, all right, well, let's get football things. All right. You know, a little bit hot out here, you know, sweating, you know, put my hand there, get some ants on it and stuff, you know. <laughs> so play happens again, you know, hit him again. Boom. And then he coach said, man, Ryan O'Brien, are you going to block him sometime? And So he's like, you know, he's all pissed now. Yeah. Now he's really mad. <laughs> so I already made him mad that, you know, I'm going hard or whatever and I'm making him look <laughs> bad. I really didn't know. Actually, you know, in the beginning of it, it was more fear than it was anything, if, mm-hmm. you know, if I'm being honest about it. It was more I was scared to think if if I let this guy hit me, I'm done or whatever. Right. And so he said to hit the guy with the ball, and so I just hit the guy. I didn't want to get ran over. So next time he goes again. So this time he kind of puts his hand on me. So I grab and I throw him down and I hit the guy again. And he gets up, he throws the ball. Man, somebody going to and block him. And after that, it was just, it was it. Wow. It just came from the first practice I've ever played bat football. It was like my fear allowed me. And I just understanding that, you know, being competitive was one thing, but I just think the whole having pads on and all that stuff, just the fear of not wanting to get blocked or something bad happening to me on the football field. And I've always wanted to be the hitter. Um, I, so my, I guess, so my uncle told me before I get in a fight, don't sit there and take the first punch. And so I was, that's how I kind of approach football. I'm not going to take the first punch. I'm going to be always delivering the blow. And that's kind of how it, that's how it happened. My football career actually really started, man, out of, out of all, really out of fear, man. I just didn't want, and then end up turning around. I had to play tight end. Oh, wow. So he's like, all right. So he wanted to give the other kid an opportunity to, you know, tee off on me because, you know, I was kicking his butt. So, yeah. you know, he he's like, all right, this is what we're going to do. So he'd come to the back and they explain the play to me. He's like, this is what you need to do. Whatever, we're going to go with. 44 so you say so you're gonna line up right and we're gonna run 44 so it's coming your way mm. and so sure enough I was quick enough and understood well he's right here well dang it I'm gonna go ahead so I would lock on to him and I would just him. um and he wasn't fast enough to get around me so it was kind of like oh okay that's easy and so he mm. would be like I'm telling you at the point he was so mad at the end of the whole entire thing yeah and he was like, man, that dude's strong. And, like, I wasn't, like, a big kid, but I was just, like I said, I did a lot of outside stuff. Yeah. So I was strong. So yeah. the whole football thing was just <laughs> – like I said, the whole football thing came really out of fear in the beginning. And then yeah. I just kind of learned. My first game I played in, my heart was beating so fast and so hard. And then – um this kid kind of burst out of the pile, and I made like a loop around, and I hit the kid, boom, kid does a black backflip, ball flows out in the air. And I was like, that was my first hit ever in high school, ever. Dang, and I the know. whole crowd was like, ooh, and I'm just standing up like, yeah. And everybody, that adrenaline rush, Yeah, the whole yeah? adrenaline of it, you know, I'm like, yeah. And every everybody else, I see everybody just diving down to get the ball. Oh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I didn't even know to get the ball. I mean, it was just, it was like, I'm telling you, if you've ever seen my first my highlight tape, I thought it was so garbage. My first year playing football, I thought it was the worst film I've ever seen. And I'll go back and I look at it. I'm like, oh my gosh, I was terrible. Who who dresses like that? <laughs> I had a I had a neck roll. <laughs> I had black cleats, no tape. I'm like, oh my gosh, I look like the worst. The trashiest football player out there had oh no man. style or nothing, um, and it just like I said, that's <laughs> simply, funny. It looked bad, man. That's funny. My stance was bad. Everything was bad. The form. I
0: like. I'd like to actually see the picture of you and your Jordans out there on the first day. Of oh practice. man, you some man. red. I
1: had some red and black Jordans <laughs> on, man. And it was in like a grassy, dusty field. They were ruined after that. Yeah. And I told I told my coach, I'm like, man. Messed up my Jordans. He was like, "Son, you need cleats." I was like, "Where am I gonna get cleats at?"
0: Oh my god! Like, yeah,
1: all, all I know to do is go to Foot Locker and get me some basketball shoes. You talk about some cleats. <laughs> he's like, "All right, tomorrow I'm gonna have some cleats for you or whatever." You know, yeah. the first day was you know more you know walk through and do all that stuff. Right. You know, it wasn't like, but the second day was kind of like he kind of really pushed me into, yeah. it. and he's like, "Well, you ain't got no cleats, so it was yeah. a different. It was it oh, was I'm a sure. whole different ball game, but." Um, That day, I mean, like I said, that day kind of changed everything. Even though I still love basketball um, at the end of that, but, man, football just kind of really changed it for me. And the day I realized I was going to go play football, we played against Southern Lab. This dude's name was Nick Anderson. And this kid, I think he probably dunked the ball probably like 40 times in the game. They beat the brakes off of us. It was bad. And me and the kid that played AAU basketball, uh, the, my best friend Ross, we was the only kids that would just kind of take the ball up the court. Everybody else we played with was scared as all get out. Yeah. But you know, I'm over there playing in the post, and I'm like playing. I'm like, man, ain't no way this dude like six five, six six. I'm six one. Yeah. And this kid over there getting the ball, he's turning, he's shooting the ball. No matter what I did, he can shoot it over my head. Yeah. I mean, I was like, but well, heck, no. You know what I'm saying? So. I'm, I go when I on offense. I will go to the wing, so yeah. I'll be able to get to the basket because you know the big guy had to guard me out there. So I was I had a good advantage. So I dunk a few times, but it all kind of stayed uh, kind of at the point where it was just it was just tough to do. Yeah, um, because of height wise playing in high school, but in AAU was easier. But, yeah, you know.
0: So as we talk about your transition from collegiate to professional football to married life and then into radio and now you've got your insurance your your Mm -hmm. job what uh what are some of your morning habits that you have currently
1: any habits i have currently yeah in the morning Morning habits. Whew. Give me a coffee. <laughs> no, I'll get me a coffee and I get the kids ready and off to school, man. That's my habit. Every yeah. morning, that's what I do. I uh, enjoy getting my daughter up and I get to do her hair and everything because uh, my, my <laughs> wife, she works at Edmonds, So she has okay. a good little ride to go. So I have I have the more flexible job. So, yeah, I get to I learn how to do girls hair. So I know how to braid and do all that stuff, you know, get uh, lunch ready for her and all that stuff. So my habit is I do that, read my Fox turn on my Fox News, yeah, (laughs) (laughs) Um, get her all ready. When everybody gets out of the door, I go to the gym after that, and I head into work. But that's kind of more my that's my everyday kind of a routine. Either if I, if I can't sleep, wake up at 4.30 or 5.30 sometimes, I get up and I go get my workout in before I come back home wow. and before my wife leaves and then get everybody ready for school and stuff. Man. Yeah. Sounds like fun morning habits to me. Man, that's, I mean, as long as I get my coffee before yeah. nine, I'm good. Yeah. Uh, I mean, but it's just, if I go to sleep at 10 o'clock, man, it never misses. I'm up 5.30, 6 o'clock. Man, yeah. Just like clockwork. That's awesome, man. It's it's awesome now. It's I mean I wish I could sleep in, I just can't. I mean yeah. I think it's from from college and all mm-hmm. that having to be up really early. But yeah. man, I, it's good. I, I like those days when I get to go to bed at five, at nine o'clock or ten o'clock, yeah. so I can get up early and go get a workout in and be yeah. my day, and get ready and get started. I hate yeah. when getting my day started is like really good. You know, I'll just, yeah. Whenever I get the coffee in me, it's like. <laughs> life good to go life. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I, I can relate I'm the same way man go to bed early 9 30 10 o'clock wake up work out have coffee and yeah off I go man what a uh, what are a couple things that people don't really know about Rufus Alexander
1: well I mean I think you know now more people don't I mean more people now know I mean I'm more conservative than most people would think I mean my 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 political thoughts and all that stuff yeah uh, more people like you know think a lot of people assume a lot of black people just liberal democrat or whatever i mean i think um people that follow me on twitter kind of know hey well yeah he's more of a conservative guy than anything it's kind of surprising or whatever um uh but my upbringing kind of has me that way you know just just because of um how i was how i was brought up how i was taught um and, and just life, you know, it's kind yeah. of drove me to be that way in how I think about stuff. Yeah. Um, my my thinking about life and processes is a different thing. I just process things a lot a lot differently than other people do. Um most people don't know that about me. Uh yeah. I like to bake. Most people don't know that about me either. Yeah. I like to cook. um I mean people know I like to cook. Right. But I like to bake as well. My brother's a really good cook. Okay. Um, but I I mean I can I can do a little bit more of the, things with the flour and stuff because I have a sweet tooth all the time so okay when I was young I used to kill some cookies I mean I'm a (laughs) cookie monster (laughs) and then I used to make chocolate chip cookies and brownies and I just love all the sweets and stuff yeah I had to you know kind of learn how to do that as well
0: I love that man yeah what are a couple questions you wish people would
1: ask you oh man questions that people I wish people would ask me I mean, I mean, nothing, man. I mean, there's no, que- no question that it's just too personal. Too personal. I mean, if it, I mean, sometimes if it's personal, you know, I'll, you know, I'll say, hey, man, that's a personal. I'm going to leave that alone. Right. But, um, well, I'm not shy. For, I'm not shy for about most things. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm open about however I feel about anything. Um, I mean, if it's I mean, political, racial, whatever it is, I'm just kind of, because like, I'm in life I've been through the gamut. I've been race like racially profiled before. Mm-hmm. I've been, um, I mean, like racially, just what you say, hated on by, by my own race. And, you know, just as a young kid, I mean, uh, it's just, you know, it's just a lot of stuff. I mean, I, I went to a school and never, uh, whenever I was in school, like eighth, seventh, eighth, and sixth grade, fifth grade and all that stuff, I rode on a bus that was pretty much white people in the front, black people in the back, you know? I mean, I was taught coming up, don't trust white people, hate white people. I mean, it was, that's how I was taught. Uh My mom was taught that way, you know? Um, It it was like, hey, you know, white people are out to get you kind of thing. Um, My life changed, my my view of thinking, my mom's view of thinking all changed. as I went into high school and my high school coach took me in to live with him because my mom worked nights and stuff and I needed tutoring for school and all that stuff to go to a private school. Yeah. Our view, like that changed my perspective on life, on how I saw things. Um, Right. Um, I was, when, as I was coming up, it was different because I, I mean, I was always nice to everybody. Yeah. Um, I mean, and my my perception of white people kind of changed too as well. I mean, and I say that because, you know, like right now in today's society, everything is so racially just yeah, we are all so racially divided. My my math teacher when I was in school was Mr. Delone, white guy, and he the one that saw that I was really good with math. Yeah. And he would give me like high school stuff to do. Yeah. Uh because I'll finish my work super fast and he's like, Hey, well, here's try to start doing some of this this seventh, eighth grade math or this ninth grade math or whatever. So he started teaching me and stuff. And he would talk to me at the end of class. Cause I was a kid that got in a lot of fights and stuff and all that. So he was a really good guy towards me and stuff. And I remember the day that I was leaving to go to, um, go to transfer and go to a private school. Well, um, this black coach that used to coach me—I think I was in elementary or something—and told me, man. He told me I wasn't gonna be anything. I mean, he didn't say it. No, he's a little bit more colorful, you know. He said you weren't gonna be crap, you know. Uh, all the white people gonna do is use you, and you're gonna be just another black dude on the street, you know. He yeah. used all the other stuff, you know, all the other words that you know that you can be nothing but another n-word on the street or mm-hmm. whatever after they use you. And my thinking was, you know the reason I was going to a private school and I wanted to go there because of all the people I went to school with that I knew ahead of me that were really good at sports and all this and that stuff ended up on the streets. (laughs) So my thinking of going to a private school was, so I didn't end up on the streets. And he told me that all I was going to do was end up on the streets. It was kind of a a weird thing. And, you know, and I just kind of, it kind of took me back a little bit. And then yeah. my, mom was, my mom was super mad. So, you know, she wanted to go and just cuss this man out and all this and that stuff. And my mom sat there with my high school coach. And he came and he had a really, you know, really candid uh, conversation with her. And he was like, you know, he needs to be somewhere where somebody can help him, you know, do tutoring. He needs all this other stuff, somebody to be at home, so help him with his homework. And like I said, private school, public school is so easy. I never opened a book in public school and I'd make straight A's, but I got to private school. It was so, it was night and day different education wise. And I struggled whenever I got to private school and then, you know, just kind of, he, my high school coach took me in and I mean, summer school, all this stuff. And I just, I got to a point where whenever I would go back home, you know, i would go home to my mom on the weekends and stuff. And then, you know, I'll go to play basketball on the court. Well, you know, my friends that I was really good friends with, you know, it they, they wasn't friends with me anymore just mm. because I left and went to a private school, you know, yeah. and I've gotten a few fights and stuff because of, uh, because of me leaving. Yeah. Right. And, you know, I'll, and I'll tell them, you know, man, you know how I get down, you know, it's like, Hey, I'm, you ain't going to talk to me like this or whatever, you know, you get in a fight or whatever. And then my mom would encourage me. Well, son, you should probably shouldn't come, you probably shouldn't go out out there. And it's really weird that, you know, the more you pull away and try to be successful, the more, like, just your own friends or culture, the ones that are, you know, are right there with you and you can be better it to, like, encourage you, Someone pull you back and they get oh, upset man. with you, they get mad with you. And that and that was the thing that, that kind of hurt, you know, is that you know, the, the same people you grew up with, because we all kind of got the same deck, the same hand, the same hand that we've had, same deck of cards. We all had yeah. it. We all had the same deck. Some guys chose to sell dope and stuff. Some of my friends, we all, I remember we all had a little gang together. We all <laughs> was cool together. Yeah. And their mom was poor. My mom was poor. Some, me and the friend, our moms worked at the same job. And we all kind of took our own path. Yeah. And he played basketball. We played on the team together and he just decided he was gonna sell drugs, you know, and it just it's kind of the route he took. Yeah. But but in in that same thing though, it was a lot of guys that took that approach to it. And I had a different approach. When I started playing AU basketball, I just decided, hey, I'm gonna just step all the way away from it and really focus really hard on doing this. And it just kind of keep kept opening doors for me. This door, that door. And, um And most people really don't know, like, you know, that's why I think, I think a little bit different whenever it comes to like racial stuff. Yeah. Because it's like, every person's different. A black person's just as racist as a white person, like a Mexican's Mm -hmm. different, you know, all that stuff. That all, every person's different. Mm -hmm. Every some people just love no matter what it, whatever color you are. Right. They just love you genuinely and they hope the best for you no matter what. Right. And that's how, that's the people I want to have in my life. Yeah, if it's a black person that comes in and say, "Hey, now, I man, you can't trust no white." I just don't deal with that person. Yep, I We're usually too. don't really mess with. I'm, I usually just don't, because yeah. just because they look at things as I find a lot of those people seem to be, there's always somebody out to get them. Yeah, and I don't want to look at people and think, "Oh, man, this guy out to get me." Yeah, or this guy out to you, because it's a hard. That's a crazy way to live life.
0: That's exactly right. Just
1: think somebody's always out to get you or this guy want to do something to me. And that's why I kind of stay away from that stuff. Mm -hmm. And I kind of stay to myself. And most people really don't get, like a lot of people don't get that. And a lot of people say, well, you you go back, get back to your community and stuff. I do football camps. Yeah. (laughs) I talk to the youth and all that stuff. But I just, like I said, I just don't want to be where a lot of negativity is. And it seemed that a lot of people have a lot of negativity and it's just kind of always being told to them in a negative way. Yeah. And my my mom, my mom's, my mom's thought, train of thought changed as well. Yeah. When my high school coach took me in. And the crazy thing about it is my high school coach helped me out and then turned around and helped my first cousin out, my mom's brother's son. Wow. Help him. He went to he ended up going to uh Texas A and M. And he graduated from texas a&m and now he runs he's a project manager in florida and do all kind of construction he's a manager of all that stuff so it's like you know it's kind of like he helped me out then he helped another family member out and this is a a white guy from jackson tennessee you know that lived in the hood and stuff and was just uh he was a really good ball player and just he was He's this guy that just loved to help kids. Yeah. A lot of kids has failed, he, he, I wasn't the first kid he took in. It was a bunch of other kids he took in that were more talented than I was, that was a better player than I was, but all of them didn't make it. Mm-hmm. Some of them didn't stick with it. Some of them, their parents came back once they started getting college offers and said, oh, you need to get my baby back or whatever. Are you being too oh. hard on my baby or something like that? And then that kid ended up falling by the wayside or failing. So like I I say all that stuff, man, it's just, um, as I, I, as I grew up, I never, when I was young, I'm saying I was taught and you were always taught to look at white people a certain way, look at color a certain way. Mm -hmm. And that's, and even like, like I said, whenever I went, drove and rode to school on a bus, you would see it. It was separate. And. As I went into a private school, there were more and more people on the other side that tried to help me get better. And it was more and more people on my side that were trying to just drag me back down. Mm. And I was kind of like, yeah, you know what? I'm going to go ahead and leave that alone. And I said the first thing I said when I was in in the seventh or eighth grade, I said the first chance I get to get out of Louisiana, I'm gone. Because I just want everywhere I've been, I thought it was just different. Everybody just saw the world different. And I wanted to see the world different. Yeah. and my high school coach helped me to see the world different and just kind of take a, a racial lens off of everything and just see things a lot different and see them for what they I, I feel I see them for what they are. Yeah. Um. I, I just see uh, – I look at a negative person, and I was like, well, that's a negative person. I'm going to leave that person alone, Right. black or white, no matter yeah, what. Yeah, for sure. Is, yeah, negative person, I just don't deal with it. Absolutely. If, you, if you're a good person, good at heart, I don't care if you – whatever nationality you are, if you're a good person at heart, I want to be around a good person that's a good person at heart. A person that's a giver, that's just a nice person. That's how I've always been because a person gave me an opportunity when they didn't have to. A person loved me unconditionally when they didn't have to. Yeah. They allowed me to make mistakes whenever they didn't have to. And so that's why I feel I don't have to be that person to anybody. I don't have to judge a person off of their color or whatever. Yeah. Because just because like I said, it, it this that doesn't mean just because you're the same race means that you, that's going to be the person that'll help you through life. Yeah, and I learned that at a young age.
0: Wow, man, that that's powerful, man, and it, it it's powerful, it's respectful, and I'm so I'm just honored to be sitting across the table from you, man. That it, seriously, it's it's amazing the the mindset because growing up it is tough. Because we don't know
1: any better at right, you know, fifth, sixth grade, and then because parents and people, adults, yeah. they mold your mind, the friends right. you around with, mold your mind, and that's absolutely that may have been my, that's probably the most defining moment in my life mm-hmm. was in ninth grade having to make uh, was it, no in tenth grade having to make the decision to move away from my mom and move in with my high school coach. I mean, wow. if that don't, if that doesn't happen, I don't ever, I don't ever go to college. Yeah, I don't believe, I don't, me personally, I don't think I'll go to college. Um, if I do, I don't know what, what I would have done or whatever, but that moment right there in life is where it all changed for me. And I ain't going to say that it changed to where it was, a, it was easy. I mean, it was the hardest thing ever because I think my high school coach is a psychopath. I mean, I had to run, I had to do all kinds of stuff. I think he's a crazy man. He's a mad man. I mean, and I'll tell him that too. I'll tell that too. I think man, I think you're a psychopath. I mean, all the stuff he made me do. I remember where I was supposed to get a job at a at a convenience store and I didn't go on the I went on the interview and I didn't do the follow-up interview. Yeah. And he made like there's all these trees in Louisiana, have all these big old trees. So limbs and stuff will fall down in like all these acres. And he gave me a rake. Gave me, <laughs> you just told me, hey, need all this stuff cleaned up. All these limbs and stuff. Need to see green grass. I mean, I'll just be out there raking hours Damn. and hours and hours. So in the second, like the second day, my hand had blisters and stuff. And I was like, man, I'm quitting. I'm going home. I called my mom, tell my mom to come get mad blister on my hand. I said, I spent the weekend. I didn't tell her I was leaving. So I had my stuff, I just threw it in the car, or whatever. She got in the car. She's like, you ain't going back to Coach Borns like, nah, man, I'm not going back. Say, get your stuff, get in the car. <laughs> Say, what? Get your stuff, get in the car. I don't know what y'all got going on, but you're gonna fix it. She got me, dropped me down at Coach Barn's house with my bag and stuff, get out, go fix it. I walk in the house, put my stuff down. He's like, son, where you been? I was like, oh man, I went home. He's like, oh, you quit? Yeah, I was like, my hand had blisters on it. He was like, if You'd ask me for some gloves, I'd have gave you some. <laughs> I was like, "Ah, all right. (laughs) Got some gloves, my hand in bliss. You know, I just rake all the stuff up or whatever. And just kind of, man, our relationship kind of took off from there. We had had our rocky moments. But that right there, that was, I made the other decision and my mom making that next Mm -hmm. decision to bring me back because I would have quit that day. I was done. I would have went back and went the other route. And then my mom said, the heck wrong with you getting the car? It's like, you ain't coming back over here. Yeah. And there you go. That, the rest was history. I mean, man, whenever it came for me wanting to quit or do anything like that, he'll call my mom. My mom was like, you better fix it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And wow. He would, man, he will put me out there. He'd make me run all day long, run, up, down, and different things, man. It, it was just but it was this life, and yeah, I just learned, man, just learned how to just get better, just didn't feel sorry for myself. That was the yeah. last day I think I ever felt sorry for myself was the day I had I had those blisters on my hand and was gonna quit and and I just learned you know, man, just feeling sorry for yourself doesn't really do anything for you, you know, and that's what my mom she kind of taught me that, and man, mm-hmm. it was just a different, different life after that,
0: that's powerful, man, yeah, wow, leads to my next question, man if you had three people to call. There's no social media, nothing. Mm-hmm. Who would they be? Or to meet in person? Oh, to
1: call? Yeah. Oh, I mean, I always be my high school coach. I would always call him and just, you know, sit down and talk to him because he always gives me the best advice. Yeah. And I mean, even if it could have any, the wisest man in the world, I'd still want to sit down and talk to him and just, because I would take his advice over most people's advice. Yeah. Um, uh, another person I would love to sit with me, mean, my mom, I mean, that, I mean, she's a, she's like a, she's the toughest person that I know, uh, mm-hmm. as far as being able to let a 15 year old make a decision in his life that changed, that end up changing his life forever and being tough enough as a mother to say, I don't have the tools to make you successful in life. Yeah, that's that person there is a person that's one in tune with herself and understand what her child needs to get from here to here. Because I didn't like I didn't have the father figure, which I needed. And she realized there's a person right here that's trying to do that form. And she got she got out of the way.
0: Yeah.
1: And that's what most kids who are being successful and once they start being successful, that parent comes back and don't get out of the way. It's always a push pull. And my mom, she just kind of, she got out of the way and always said, do you need me to do anything or whatever? And my high school coach would be like, nope, nope. Just let him go. Let him go. You're going to be all right. And man, it's just her a letting go allowed me just to be a different person and kind of flourish, man. And, I'll forever be thankful for her. Yeah. Uh, and the third person, man, if I needed to call anybody, hey, it would be Colonel Garibay. Um He was the uh, the guy. He was the guidance counselor, or he was the he was over the athletes at OU. Okay. Um, man, he was. He's just a really good guy, man. And the days I'd want to quit or would be upset. He'd come and sit down and he would talk to me. He'd put his hands around me, man, and always talk to me and tell me how to grow and, and, and be a better man. Um and you know, being far away from home and away from what I you what I'm used to and stuff. Man, the, the day I tore my I tore my ACL, mm-hmm. I mean, at OU, and he was a person that came, he sat there and he talked to me and said, Man, it happens and you grow and you just it, it was just he was just a different, he was a difference maker in my life in college. Yeah because I mean even though the the times wasn't so hard I mean in college I mean I I didn't have that many struggles in college because I felt my high school coach was tough um was tough but I mean it it wasn't as bad it wasn't like I couldn't make it through it or whatever but you know it's just had those those low moments you know you you tear your ACL you don't get to play you're not around you're not around the guys as much and you just kind of have your down moments and you know, you just don't make some of the things. I mean, but he didn't have to really worry about me. But he was just a guy that I would always go to and talk to when I was at OU. Yeah. And I mean, he—I'll sit down and I can have a, a good conversation with him. And he was just always a guy that would listen and then a guy that would tell you, give it to you straight. Hey, and, you know, you ain't the first person to come around here and be an All-American. You ain't gonna be the last one. You know, this OU could live without you. You know, I mean, he taught a lot of guys. This university will move on without you. It'll move on without me. So he always was a, sh- a straight shooter, and I, I really appreciate him for it. we still a really good friend still to this day. Man. Uh, and if I had any kind of OU problem or any, if I just needed a buddy to talk to, he would sit there and listen to me just like I would sit there and listen to him.
0: Man, that's powerful. That's deep. And I, I think those words are right. I mean, OU would move on without oh, yeah. him, without you, without me, and they'd be just as fine. However, when you're there, you got to make the most of the time that you're there. And- giving back, which leads to my next question about contributing. You talk about coaching the youth and doing football camps and public speaking engagements. How else does
1: uh, Rufus give back? Oh, I mean, you you know, uh, the other day from the spring game, got to go and talk to some of the recruits that are uh, either – they're trying to recruit to come here and tell them what my experience is like coming to OU and why I came here, what went into my decision, anything to help the program continue to grow and get better. Um, you know I, I, as much as you know you you think about education so I want the I want the football team to be successful like any other sooner fan out there yeah. we need to get another national championship I mean, I had an opportunity to play for two um just haven't gotten there and so we need other players to come here and do that which um they asked thankful that they asked me to come be a part of it I mean, there's yeah. so many other all Americans and stuff at the university award winners that can come back and talk to these young kids. Mm-hmm um so that's cool I got, I got to do that um like i said i do speaking engagements man yeah camps um i uh, help coach basketball i mean i do it i mean i do it all i mean any little thing that i can help i mean i'll do a signing to help somebody if they had something that messed up or whatever I mean, mm-hmm. it's just you know um i think i don't feel like i'm better than anybody i don't feel like i'm Different than any any woman or man. If other people think I'm special because I played that f- football at OU. If anybody even if anybody ever even knew me, they would know that I for one didn't even expect to be as good or even good as I was playing football because my overall goal was to graduate from college. Yeah. And if the NFL so happened for me to be successful in the NFL, it would have happened. It would have happened naturally. It would have been God's will, and it would have happened. And it didn't yeah. happen. And I'm okay with it. I've mm-hmm. never been that guy to hang on in the NFL hat and be like, oh, my God, man, in my day, if I would have just uh, – <laughs> whenever I was done, I called it quits. The NFL didn't call it quits on me. I said right. I had a tryout to go in Buffalo, and I said, done. done. I don't even want to go all the way to Buffalo. I yeah. didn't have the passion for it. And, yeah. and that's – to not have the pa- – to play football and not have passion to play it, I mean, you're just an injury waiting to happen. Mm-hmm. That's true. And that's the thing about it. And the injuries sometimes are catastrophic. Sometimes you know, yeah. you get a head head injury or something. So yeah. I just was kind of over it when I was over it. You know.
0: Yeah. Well, I, I would say I th- I feel like you're a very unique uh, human being. You talk about passion. If you're not having the passion to do it, then that's time to call it quits. And there's I've have, I know a few people that they don't have the passion, but they just keep going at it and like you said injuries await big time injuries and
1: right that's all they know yeah sometimes it's all you know I mean a lot of guys yeah. I mean like I, I said is football is this uh it's just one aspect of life that I that I've had in my life that's just one part of my life and mm-hmm. it was a fun part of my life yeah but I loved college I didn't I didn't really lie I didn't love the NFL I mean you love the money you make and you, you're driven by it a little bit but I just, I said, some guys have this undying passion and love for it. I, I That wasn't my first love. I didn't love yeah. football like I, lo- if I was ever in basketball and then if I made it to the NBA, I probably would give it a lot more goals <laughs> than I would give it at football. Yeah, you know, it, but it, it just, it wasn't my first love. I wasn't gotcha. so, I wasn't as passionate about it as I was about a basketball. So you know, whenever it was time for me. To give it up i knew i was i knew mm-hmm. i just didn't have i didn't have it physically i didn't have it i mean it was my body i went out toward my acl the second time i was just kind of felt it just kind of like ah, eh, you know my body just i don't want to put my body through this eh, and yeah. whatever wow you know, so i had the i mean i had to love to compete now i would compete the hell out. i mean as far as playing OU, i mean yeah. I, I just love competing yeah and that will me in the plane. And then when I was playing, it's all about the chess match of football. When this person does this, that person does that. thing, two, three moves ahead. Mm-hmm. All I mean, I enjoyed doing that. Yeah. And after it was done, I was good. I was good to go, man. Yeah. I, I was ready to start working and doing something else. Yeah. So I was looking forward to finding something else. Like I still, you know, get the. I'm, I still have the itch and drive to find something else to do that piques my interest. It's waiting for that wanting to capture me and take me off in another direction
0: yeah what about insurance you're doing insurance right now
1: yeah i'm doing insurance right now i mean it's fun um just you know try to get the big and stuff and Mm -hmm. so that you you get one big account and you conquer the next one you know so um that's kind of you know that's the driving factor and and just i love the flexibility of it though yeah it allows me to be there with my daughter and stuff like that um that's awesome i mean um if i could do i think i'd give radio a try again or maybe tv or something like that yeah you know it just gives you um one um it just gets lets you express yourself and i'm not one to be shy about talking in front of tv or anything like that and i think it would be cool to have a show and try to bring it to be number one or something yeah i'm competitive like that yeah if i can do it um not, that's not. why when I started doing radio at the beginning, I was like, "Oh, you have to take show be be probably bring it to be number one." Then when it failed, it was kind of like, "Eh, whatever." <laughs> so I'll, I'll, that's kind of maybe something that'll pick my interest again. Mm-hmm. So, um, but besides that, I mean, insurance is cool. It's yeah, fun for the moment, for the time being. Right on. Yeah. What about starting your own podcast? Ah uh, man, you know, I would do it, but I just think you yeah, I think a podcast does really well whenever you have a yin and a yang, you know, you have another mm-hmm. person that you can feed off of and you yeah. can really kind of somebody that's a little bit opposite of you and you've fight back and forth. Um, I think you need a, a contrast as well. Mm-hmm. Um, that's what makes, I think a successful podcast. I think that's what, made, what would make them good. A lot of individual podcasts right now. Mm-hmm. So sometimes you can like hearing yourself talk. Um, and I can get that way. Just kind of ramble on. Um, a lot of times, so I just kind of would love to have somebody where you can feed off of people's thoughts and really yeah. just kind of go at it. That would be a cool podcast. Yeah, that'd be real um, cool. Just have a one where it's just you and somebody else, and you can really go at it and have a guest every now and then. Yeah, so I may, um, if the right opportunity presents itself, I may do that. But for right now, nah, nah, nah. <laughs> nah. Fair enough, man. I mean I don't know. Like I said it
0: has to be the right situation. Yeah. No, I'm with you, man. Yeah. What's the uh, path forward
1: for Rufus Alexander? Oh man, raise my kiddos, and just whenever they all gone, whenever they all graduated and gone out of the house, buy an RV and travel.
0: Go to those college football games, yeah, stadiums. Yeah, I'm just gonna just
1: get an RV and just. I like it. Drive around. Yeah. Just get in there and say, hey, let's roll. <laughs> and just keep on driving <laughs> find a place to park and sleep but that's that's like my ultimate goal and that's what I want to do I like, it. like don't want to stay at home or whatever if I have a house hopefully it's paid off by then mm-hmm. and just get an RV and just tell the kids hey the key is where it's at y'all need yeah. to check on the house and we're gone man how do you want to be remembered? oh man be remembered as long as I remember about my kids man I'm okay with that I mean I don't need a a big hoopla, or remembered by tons of fans, or anything like that. If they do, that's awesome. If yeah. not, I'm okay with it. That's yeah. All I need is the love of my fans and family, and that's it. Yeah. Um, I don't think it's. I don't think it needs to be something past. I, for me, I don't think it need to be something past that. I mean, yeah. a lot of people love the the glory of being remembered by many, but man, it's. But there's only so few that love you that actually really get you and really love you. Um, yeah. and that comes from, you know, friends and family. Um is usually the people that love you. Um that loves you the most and you do really genuinely feel it. And I'm just not I've never been that one that needed it that affirmation from everybody. Um, uh, I enjoy people.
0: Yeah.
1: I love people, but I still also like the the whole the and I understand it yeah. only comes with, you know, a lot of hey you're a superstar player you know Mm -hmm. so it it comes from that way but i mean i but you enjoy and love and appreciate it yeah but for me at the end of the day it's the love of my family as long as hopefully i don't piss anybody off they (laughs) they don't love me or anything anymore they hate me or whatever hopefully none of my kids ever just hate me for no reason or at least they'll come and talk to me and we try to hash it out
0: yeah i i do remember going back to our first time we met we barely talked about football for two and a half hours we basically talked about your life and yeah just everything but athletics and i found that really intriguing i just was like man this roof is the real deal you see him on wow. football and you're
1: like man but then when you get to know this guy it's like yeah, yeah i mean the thing about it, i don't i'm not a real big i mean i like i like sports i love sports. Yeah. Um, but more most people think that it's all about football and I'm not right. even a, I'm not that big of a football guy. Yeah. I mean, I understand the sport, love the players that play it and stuff like that, but I mean, I love basketball. I can sit down and watch a basketball game and just watch what guys do and break it down with anybody. But yeah. I just, you know, it's one of those things, man, that most people really they don't – They most fans don't know, but they kind of, you know, after they sit down and talk, you know, you, they kind of figure it out. But, man, football is just not one of those things that I would just yeah. hang the moon on. But I thought – growing up, though, going to some of the tailgates, now nah, I want to do that. <laughs> tailgating <laughs> is where it's at. Basketball don't get to tailgate like that. That's true. Football tailgating is always it's, good. That's a different level. Always some good folks out there, somebody yeah. drinking a beer, cooking some food. That's mm-hmm. always – that's the life I want to uh, – like I said, get an RV and just kind of travel the world. I want to see all of America and, you know. I love it, it, man. Yeah. Yeah. Probably uh, skip over a few states, but (laughs) New York's probably not going to be one of them states I'm going to go to is trying to maneuver an RV through that and maybe a little bit of a headache. But um, other places, I mean, I've been a lot of places, but just to kind of really just dive in and go see places, I really want to do that.
0: Yeah. I can tell your passion for basketball because we had lunch a few times and you are actually breaking down a basketball game while we're having lunch all right man last question how do we get in touch with you how do our listeners and our viewers get in touch with you
1: um i don't have a facebook I do not have a snapchat i have a snapchat i don't even know what the heck the snapchat handle is anyway (laughs) Uh, oh man no i don't have an instagram so you're on twitter i'm on twitter so rufus underscore alexander um, you can get to me anytime on that. If you want to direct message me on that, uh, yeah. I usually more times than not, I'll respond back if I don't, cause I've been super busy something's going on or whatever. Yeah. Um, I've had, i actually have a ton of direct messages. So I'm, I'm actually way behind on that. Um, if you really want to get to me, it's really important. Um, R. Alexander at Tatum insurance, um, T-A-T-U-M insurance spelled out.com. I'm sure if you pull up my name, my cell phone somewhere on that, it's (laughs) 405-824-9592. It's easy to get, it's everywhere anyway. So I've had the same number since I've been in college. So um, I'm, I'll answer any phone call, talk to somebody, anybody. I know, man. Well, thank you so much for your oh, time, man, brother. appreciate it, man. Appreciate you. Sorry it took so long. No, you're <laughs> good. So,
0: last thing, man. Rufus Alexander, do you approve this podcast? I do approve this podcast. My name is Wong Lam, and I approve this podcast. I truly hope you enjoyed this podcast. If you have a defining moment or moments you would like to share, please reach out to me. I would love to visit with you about it and share it with the world on a podcast. Here's how to find me. Visit my website, www.definingmomentspod.com. Follow me on Twitter at Def Moments Pod. That's at D-E-F Moments Pod. Search me on Facebook, Defining Moments Podcast. Follow me on Instagram at Defining Moments Podcast. That's all one word, at Defining Moments Podcast. Subscribe to Defining Moments Podcast on iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts. If you enjoyed listening to this show, I would be extremely honored if you gave us a review. This helps boost this podcast so more people can find it. Go out and be a positive influence today, every day. Make someone smile. My name is Wong Lam, and I approve this podcast.